Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning. And welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. Happy homecoming. This is our homecoming Sunday. And there is a lot going on. And there will be some announcements at the end, but I want you to be getting ready. Get those taste buds ready to be discerning. Because following worship today, everyone is invited downstairs to Kennedy Hall where you can sample about eight, I think, different fabulous chili recipes mm. for our chili cook-off contest. And you get to vote on who will win the coveted golden ladle. So the first 15 minutes, we're gonna invite you to get a small little cup and a small spoon and go to all the stations to do just a little bit of tasting and then some voting. And then the whole thing will be open. There's a whole bunch of other chili that has been made as, long, as well as hot dogs and salads and desserts. It's quite a feast down there and you will not want to miss it. Also today in the narthex as you came in, you may have noticed some long tables with some sign-up sheets. Those are for our fall adult spiritual uh, formation uh, opportunities. You can sign up online for ASF, or you can find one of those sheets and sign your name up there as well. And now, I guess I should probably introduce myself. <laughs> My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor who is serving here, and this... I am Nora Carlson, acting as the lay liturgist today. Unfortunately, Ben Fowler, who you see in the order of service, could not be here because he's ill. So I'm stepping in at the last minute and will do the best that I can We believe support in, you. We believe in you, Thank Nora. You. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's take a moment to uh, welcome the folks who are worshiping with us online this morning. It's good to be together this day. And now, if you would rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. And Jesus said, come to me. To the light-hearted and the heavy-hearted, he said, come to me. To the well-off and the least-off, he said, come to me. To the young and to the old, he said, come to me. To the faithful and the faithless, he said, come to me. Come to me, Jesus says to us today. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will help you to take a breath. 
We have come to worship this day, hoping to meet God, asking for the grace to take a breath, to breathe in grace. Yes, yes. So, so be it. Amen. Amen. And now my friends living together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to begin our worship by reconciling our hearts to God and one another with the passing of peace. You may pass the peace with whatever signs are comfortable for you and your partner. The peace of Christ be with us all.
Kids, you can come on up. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Okay, I'm wondering, you can quietly raise your hand, who here knows what Velcro is? Any of you? Couple of you. Keep your hand raised if you want to explain Velcro to me. Does anybody want to explain Velcro? Yes. What do you have to say about it? Um, I don't know. Hmm. Sometimes we wear Velcro on our shoes. What can you tell me about Velcro? Why would we use it on our shoes? Because what? Because it's simple. That's part of it. What else? Because it's easier to put on than laces. It's easier to put on than laces. That's true. So your shoes can stay on. So your shoes can stay on. Velcro is pretty sticky, right? Yes. It's like very quick and automatic, and then it sticks. That's part of why we use it on our shoes. Now, has anybody heard of the word neuroscientist? That's a very fancy word. Who could guess what neuroscientist means? Any guess? Neuro. A scientist? It's a scientist, yep, a researcher. And neuro is just sort of a fancy word for brain. So neuroscientists, brain researchers, they teach us that we have a negativity bias, which means anything that's negative sticks to our brains, just like Velcro. I know it. Oh. It. <laughs> yep. So anything that's negative sticks to our brains automatically, like Velcro. And anything that's positive, we have to think of for how many seconds do you think? before it leaves an imprint on our brain. How many seconds? Just guess. 45. 45 seconds. That's close. It's not it. It's a little bit lower. Guess how many seconds we need to think of something happy before it leaves an imprint on our brains. 10. 10. Ooh, that's very close. A little bit higher. 15. <gasps> that's it. Did you hear what she said, Phoebe? Did you hear? She said 15. So we need to think about happy things for 15 seconds before it leaves an imprint um, on our brain. I'm thinking about sirens. You're thinking about sirens? Yes. And helpers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So we're going to spend a couple minutes thinking about things that we love so that it leaves an imprint on our brain. So, let's see, Phoebe. Phoebe, can you tell me something that you love? Mom. Oh, you love your mom. Yes, yeah, so Phoebe, what do you love about your mom? Do you want to tell me more? Because she's my baby mom. Because she's what? My baby mom. Oh, because she's... Oh, because she's your favorite mom. And let's see. Does she read you stories sometimes? Yeah. Yes. And does she make you food sometimes? 
Yeah, her dude makes me boo sometimes. Yeah, she makes you food and she probably gives you cuddles. Yeah, so sometimes they meet others and I want to do and I want to do. Yes, so that's fun. We can think about your mom and how well she loves you. I love and I want all my friends. And you love all your friends. Phoebe is very good at this. I like that. Okay, so who else wants to tell me about something that you love? Yes. My dog. You love your dog. And tell me for like 15 seconds-ish all the things you love about your dog. Um, well, she plays with me and she sleeps with me at night. And I love when she sleeps with me. And she's probably really soft and cozy. Yeah. She's I, a Siberian Husky, so she is very soft. Cute. And I bet your body probably feels... Okay, hold on just a minute, okay? I bet that your body feels really peaceful and at calm when you're around your dog. Sometimes pets make us feel that way. So today, we're going to practice a little bit about celebrating and steeping in what we love. So let's end with a prayer. Now, Phoebe, I think you might like this. I'm going rogue a little bit here. But sometimes when we say prayers in church, what do we normally do? Turn fine, turn it on. Okay, so normally we bow our heads and we fold our hands, but guess what, Phoebe? Yeah! Yeah, but guess what? We can sometimes, however we say a prayer. And I'm so excited to be here today. Everyone's so excited to be here today. All right. <laughs> okay, this is especially for you, Phoebe, but also it's for everybody. So sometimes we pray with folded hands and bowed heads, but sometimes we pray, you know, with any emotion, when we're happy, when we're sad, when we feel soft-voiced, and also when we feel loud. So we're just going to kind of like yell a prayer to God. Do you think we can handle it? You think you can handle it? Did you hear? Oh, I know. It's very exciting. Okay. So let's end in a prayer, okay? And you can just yell after me. Got it? Dear God. Dear God. Thank you for the beauty of the world. Thank you for Thank you for our mothers. And our fathers. And our dogs. Amen. Okay, let's go. We can go back here.
forgot to mention one other thing about Homecoming Sunday. Welcome back, choir. <laughs> and for those of you who are singing out here, you'll notice there are a few empty spaces up here, especially if you happen to be a tenor. Right? Just a little thought. Well, I want to give a word of introduction to the scripture uh, before Kathleen reads it for us. It comes from the gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. At the time that the gospel of Matthew was written, the Jesus movement was still quite fragile. They were small in number and they had various different opponents. They had to worry about people leaving the church. At the same time, they were recovering from a particularly bloody war. It was an early church with plenty of problems, an overabundance, really, of burdens. And into this contentious, fractious community, the author of Matthew puts this very comforting message into Jesus' mouth. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, I will give you rest. Now, interestingly, this passage, though it is very familiar and very much beloved, it's not found in any of the other Gospels. Though it is vaguely similar to a snippet from the Gospel of Thomas, which is a non-canonical text. But the passage does not end with just the invitation to take a nap. Jesus here goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. In a time of distress, in a world of chaos, in a community bombarded by many challenges and worries, the gospel writer suggests that the antidote to all of our worry, all of our frenzied busyness, all of our exhaustion, is to follow the way of Jesus to learn that egalitarian living is lighter than hierarchical living, that living in ways that uphold the dignity of every person, especially the poor, that that is not a burden, but it is a way to find rest. It is like this very familiar passage is asking us to stop for a moment and to breathe, to breathe in grace. Let's listen now as Kathleen reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Kathleen Hallam. Before I begin, I want to say how um, lovely it is for me to be here with you, with you this morning. Normally, my husband and I have to watch online and we really appreciate that opportunity, but it's wonderful to be able to see and hear you myself this morning. <laughs> the scripture reading 
the scripture lesson this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew. And I forgot to tell you, or ask you, to please stand. So, you see, I shouldn't say anything personally because I get all screwed up. I have to follow the script. <laughs> anyway, the Gospel reading lesson is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 25 through 30, from the Common English Bible Version. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have shown them to babies. Indeed, Father, this brings you happiness. My Father has handed all things over to me. No one knows the Son except the Father, and nobody knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Come to me. All you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, Thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus who calls us together this day. Breathe. Just breathe. Right now, right here. Take a deep breath in. Let it fill your lungs. Take it deep into your belly. 
relish the energy and the possibility of your breath. Telling you that you are alive and you are here. This morning we begin a sermon series we're calling Take a Breath. Now you may remember that a few weeks ago when we practiced breathing together in an intentional way during the sermon. Well, like that practice, this series comes in three parts. First, you breathe in. Then you hold your breath, not for very long, but just long enough to honor its gift. And then you breathe out. So we begin today breathing in. You know, there is a reason flight attendants always tell us to put on our own oxygen mask before we assist someone else with theirs, right? You can't very well take care of someone else. You can't really share God's love if you don't take it in first for yourself. As simple as that may be, we seem to be creatures drawn to complication. Jan Richardson puts it this way, given the choice between making the way easy and making the way difficult, we sometimes tilt toward difficulty, as if we are like Jacob, who needed a heated wrestling match with God in a struggle to find a new name. There is a difference, though, between the complications and complexities that forge the soul and those that drain it. There are times we make the way difficult for ourselves because we've taken on too much or because we are avoiding something that needs our attention or because we are giving too much energy to something that really doesn't matter. It seems we manufacture our own complications rather than waiting for the ones that come around naturally when you are a follower of Christ. So this morning, my friends, take a breath and listen as Jesus asks, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And then he goes on to invite us, come to me. Come away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that paraphrase from Eugene Peterson. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Breathe in. Receive the gift of God's love. The poet David White tells about a time he was struggling with his work. He was feeling both overwhelmed and exhausted. So he went to see his friend, Brother David Steindl Reist, and after sharing a poem, White blurted out, tell me about exhaustion. And Brother David paused 
for a moment, took a deep breath, and then he said, you know that the antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily rest. The antidote to exhaustion is wholeheartedness. Wholeheartedness. Being fully present in the present moment. Wholeheartedness. Knowing who you are and whose you are. Wholeheartedness. I think that is what Jesus is offering us when he suggests we take his yoke upon us. He says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And we may be left wondering, we may not get the metaphor. And what we know of burdens is anything but light. Yet when Jesus told his original audience, come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, when he offered them an easy yoke, they would have caught on right away. As an agrarian society, this farming metaphor would not have been lost on them. Along with images of yoked oxen plowing fields, two other images would have quickly come to mind, one biblical and the other rabbinical. First, the biblical one. In the ninth chapter of Isaiah, the prophet issues a stern warning against a nation that had forgotten their God, a nation that had made worship little more than empty idolatry and had ignored the needs of the poor and the cries of the oppressed and had allowed people to be marginalized in their midst. After pointing out these transgressions and warning them of God's anger, the prophet then offers a word of hope. <clears throat> he gives them the vision of a new day when God would appoint a king to overthrow those who oppressed the people, to break the yoke of their oppression. So when Jesus starts talking about his easy yoke, the people immediately think he is their promised king, and their hopes are rekindled for the end of the Roman occupation. Well, close on the heels of this biblical image for that original audience would have been the rabbinical understanding of a yoke. The teaching of a rabbi was said to be his yoke, and it was one which took a lifetime to learn. The Torah, with its 613 individual laws and all their various interpretations, that could be a very heavy burden. You see, for Jesus' contemporaries, not only was their civic life a heavy yoke, but their religious life did not offer much in the way of lightening the load. So breathe. Breathe deeply. Breathe in God's grace. And then think about this. How many times have you made your way more difficult? How many times have you taken on too much or picked up the wrong load? 
You know, we can spend years thinking we are picking up our cross only to discover we've been carrying someone else's burden all along. We can be weighed down by misguided expectations, others or our own. Or maybe you make your way difficult by avoiding the load that is yours to carry, whether it's a task you dislike or a person with whom you disagree or a change you know you must make. Breathe. Breathe in, Jesus says. You can recover your life. You can learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And you can live lightly and freely. Well, I came across a story that seems to fit here. It seems that a farmer is standing on the side of the road next to his wagon, which is stuck in a ditch. The farmer hitches his old, tired horse to the wagon and says, Hiya, Betsy. And the horse doesn't move. Then the farmer says, Giddy up, chestnut. And the horse does not move. Finally, the farmer yells, Come on, Sally. But still, the horse does not move. Until the farmer says, Let's go, Roger. And the horse begins to move forward slowly dragging the wagon out of the ditch. Well, an observer, a city slicker, of course, says to the farmer, why did you call all those names? Have you forgotten your horse's name? The farmer replies, no, I know his name. But you see, here's the thing. Old Roger is blind. And if he thought he was the only one pulling the wagon, he would not even try. My friends, too many of us, too many of us labor under the illusion that we have a single yoke, that we have to go it all alone. So we give up before we even start, thinking the burden is too heavy for us to lift. While all the time, Jesus is standing right in front of us with half a shared yoke, half of it across his shoulders and the other half open, waiting for us to step in, share the yoke, become more, carry more, accomplish more than we ever could on our own. We may come to worship as people who are weary, people who are heavily burdened by worry or fear, or circumstances beyond our control. We are here as people who have discovered how fragile life can be. My friends, we may be fragile, but we are also resilient. Diana Butler Bass tells a story of fragility and resilience in this way. There's a sea turtle nest several yards down from our house. We've been watching with other volunteers as the nest hatches. The turtles are endangered. Those who care about their survival guard the nest from predators. And when the hatchlings come forth, 
They guide the tiny babies to the water. They are so small. There are so few remaining. The ocean is huge. And a dozen or so of us surrounded them at their moonlit birth and cheered as four tiny turtles made their way down the beach and were carried off by the waves. Maybe, she says, fragility and resilience are twins. Maybe we are all just hatchlings at the edge of the sea. Maybe we are always assisted by helpers we don't recognize. Maybe we never swim alone. Perhaps resilience isn't grit. Perhaps it is more grace than we will ever know. It is homecoming Sunday here today. As a church, this is the day we begin again a whole new year of learning, growing, serving, and stretching together. But you know, homecoming is not limited to any one day. Homecoming happens whenever and wherever we finally understand we do not swim alone. And that our greatest fragility is matched by the deepest resilience of grace. So breathe. Breathe in grace. Thanks be to God. Amen. concerns and those closest to our own hearts. Let us pray.
Gracious God, we come before you scattered, smattered, smothered by our loves and our losses, by our worries and distractions, by our needs and by our desires. We come together fully cognizant of the pain of a world where peace and justice are more illusory than ever, where the poor just keep getting poorer, and where the planet suffers more indignities than seem possible to bear. We scramble for everything but kindness. We search for all but compassion. We forget to care for the poor, the houseless, the addicted, the imprisoned. We can't find it in ourselves to care for that sibling we think cheated us, or for the uncle who hurt us, or for the friend who betrayed us, much less the enemy who wants to kill us. Forgive us, God, our sins, but not like we forget to forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us like Jesus might on a day when he is moved by tenderness. Remind us, God, that you are the sole author of life, that you are closer to us even than our next breath. Whether we see you or hear you, feel you, touch you, acknowledge you or not. Help us to breathe, to breathe in your life, your love, your grace. To breathe, just to breathe is such a gift. When we are overwrought with worry, overcome with pain, or just plain over ourselves. Help us to breathe in your life, your love, your grace. For we are here, God, wanting to come to you. We want to follow your way, to step into your yoke. But first, just help us to breathe. In the name of the one who still calls us home this day, we pray, we pray as he taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We come to a time in our service for the offering. We invite you to give online if viewing from home, hello up there, uh, by going to edmundsumc.org.
www.ebcc.org slash give. You are also welcome to mail in an offering to Edmonds United Methodist Church, 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. I invite you all to give generously as God has given to us.
God, we thank you for all your gifts of beauty, wonder, and love. We bring you these gifts as signs and symbols of our gratitude. We bring you our lives as well, that we might join you in the work of your kingdom here on earth. Where there is heartache, let us bring hope. Where there is pain, comfort. Where there is fear, help us to be ambassadors of your peace. Use these gifts as you use us, O oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, a couple of quick announcements, because I know you're all anxious to get downstairs to start testing those chili uh, recipes. You'll find your ballots there. So you'll want to pick up a ballot and a little cup and a spoon. Anyhow, um, I'm told that not only are, is there an exciting contest and a bunch of great food to partake in, there's also going to be live music downstairs and a bouncy house for those of you that might want to bounce. <laughs> so don't miss our homecoming celebration downstairs in Kennedy Hall. If you're new here today, please ask someone for directions, and they will be more than happy to guide you to the celebration. Also, just a real quick reminder, ASF registration is open both online and at the tables at the back. And now, without further ado, let's sing together our closing hymn.
Hear now these words of benediction. To all that is chaotic in you, let there come silence. Let there be a calming of the clamoring, a stilling of the voices that have laid their claim on you, that have made their home in you, that will not let you rest, will not let you hear your life with wholeness or feel the grace that fashioned you. Let what distracts you cease. Let there come an end to what diminishes and demeans. Let there be an opening into the quiet that lives beneath the chaos, where you find the peace you did not think possible and see what shimmers within the storm. Just breathe, breathe in grace, and may the peace of Christ go with us all, amen. Thank <clears throat>